New friends. Hey, hello. Welcome to Sister Night, a Watchmen podcast. Yes. Hosted by myself, Candice, and my co-host. I'm Nicole. And so we just officially finished watching the pilot. I'm still shook. Entitled, It's Summer and We're Running Out of Ice. And <laughs> I, I perhaps ran out of words. Because this episode, this pilot episode was really, really good, surprisingly so. Like, I expected it to be HBO quality, top tier entertainment, but I was pleasantly surprised that it exceeded my already high expectations. Yeah, but we got to talk about why we named it Sister Night. We do! We do! We do. Take it away! Okay, so... Tell the people. About 10 minutes ago, we Literally didn't have a name ago. for the podcast. And we're like, oh, watch The Watchmen, but... Every podcast There's that has a name is named Watch yeah. The Watchmen or a permutation of that. So Candace came up with a great idea of Sister Night. Sister Night. Like, wow, we're both black women, so Sister Night. That works. It could be like a night. The show's at night. We record at night. We do. And Regina King fucking killed it. She did. Sister Night. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, puns. We love puns here. I think easily, potentially, I mean, I don't know, favorite new badass female character of 2019. Ooh, and you're the because, killing E. Okay, villain, right, Villanelle right. Okay, or... but new Villanelle technically was introduced okay. a little while ago. So mm-hmm. for 2019, for new characters this year, I'm going to say right now, she's my most badass woman that I've seen. Mm-hmm. And this actually includes the boys, which has run its course. But um, what they had her doing in this pilot episode was incredible. Yes. And the outfit is, I mean, instantly you're like, okay, we can see what Comic-Con's going to look at look like next year <laughs> because this is, everyone is so... Costumable. Mm-hmm. Every character we saw. Yeah, the black face paint. Also, kind of cool how she operated outside of the law, whereas like she was yeah, telling she was the law, but what was to do. I'm like, yes, Regina. Oh my gosh, the whole episode was really subversive. Yes. So many familiar tropes, but then everything was completely unfamiliar because mm-hmm. they were turning everything on its heel, including the perception of the police. Yeah. Right now. And having this interesting juxtaposition of this cop who had to get permission mm-hmm. to get his firearm. And you're like, okay, we could we could use protocols like this right yeah. now. And at the same time, it's at this time where obviously people are going to be aggressing towards the police. Yeah. In the name of Rorschach. Uh, <sighs> yeah. Jumping back to the end of Watchmen, uh, the graphic novel, those haven't seen it, sent his journal in to the... Um, like a right-wing publication, yes. I think. He was exposing everything. Yeah, so we don't exactly know what happened in this episode. Like, did they release it and came out? I assume so. Right. But, you know, he has this group of followers. Called... Problematic followers, potential very, incels. Yeah, very. <laughs> what were their names again? I totally forget. The seventh. Wait, wait, wait. I have it here. Yeah. I... The seventh Calvary. Seventh Calvary, okay. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sure some people won't be happy about what they're doing um, with Rorschach's memory, but I like it. I like the subversion of where a thing starts and its intent. Mm-hmm. And then where is it 35 years later? What does it happen? And I think this idea of like heroes becoming villains and vice versa is something we're going to see a lot in this show. I mean, that keeps it that keeps it fresh and unexpected, because if it went the way that we expected and what the narrative, I mean, for one, we have to call it the obvious. All those black people. Yes. All those black people at the beginning of the episode. The Tulsa 1921. No one knows about Tulsa. No one That's knows about something it. something that, you know, I've thought about a lot, but it was just not shocking, but just. Maybe shocking to see it in an HBO show where you don't expect... Completely shocking. Yeah, I think, I think that's great. a fair term yeah. to use because, and I'm pretty sure about this, I will fact check, but I'm pretty sure that this is the first time that anything to do with the Tulsa horrible 
murder situation that happened there and just like the, the chaos and the hate that fueled this type of violence has never, ever been put on screen in a fictional or reenactment situation ever. So HBO is making history right now by taking this very important, horrible memory in America's past and being like, hey, take a look at this. And we're going to use it to frame out what we're doing with these black characters in the show. And that to me is brilliant. While at the same time, you know, thousands of people Googled tonight to be like, did this happen in Tulsa? Because I already saw people on Twitter saying that with that exact same sentiment. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I see you HBO. The people, okay. Right? Educating Who the masses. school when you have HBO? <laughs> no, they did good. They did good there. I was super impressed. I was mm -hmm. like, wow. And not only that, it was shot well. I guess we can talk about that for a little bit where we have the intro scene and there's a silent film. And it's talking about Bass Reeves, who was the first black deputy U.S. Marshal west of the Mississippi River. And so I like that. And then we hear like your piano playing, but it starts to get a little, little faulty. And then you realize, yeah, she okay, crying. she's crying. She's yeah. emotional and there's chaos happening outside. And she's just maybe trying to keep a sense of normalcy together mm -hmm. until her husband runs in. And I love that he gives her the gun. He doesn't yeah, say, yeah. I got the gun. You take the child. Let's mm -hmm. go. He's like, give me the child. You take the gun. Probably a better shot. <laughs> and uh, they run out. Although... I think it's safe to say there's no happy ending yeah. for those parents. Also, they looked like they owned the movie theater. Right. I mean, that's sort of what we can guess from what was happening in Tulsa is that every business was black owned. And so, of course, that theater was theirs and unfortunately destroyed. Yeah. Also, rides. you know, I always thought that this show would be a major subversion of past history and current history. Right, right. But seeing how they put a totally real event that happened, I didn't know that bombs were thrown from planes i'm like right oh, that's and that's that totally a real yeah, thing that was something that got thrown in so definitely i learned something new as well and going to the current day in the show where they have all these different things like the screens are kind of weird and they have more futuristic things but right. still parallels to current day america absolutely and finding interesting ways to subvert these overall ideas that are very complicated like law enforcement and what does that mean, the state protecting the citizen? And where do we draw lines? And so I'm already in love with the fact that they're working with this really sort of taboo category of like, we're going to talk about law enforcement. We're going to talk about police. We're going to talk about brutality mm -hmm. as it relates. But we're also going to have a black woman yes. as the face of this person who is bringing justice. And ironically, but not unironically, the, the, the antagonist are white supremacists. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's great. I love it. Yeah, just first episode, speechless. Yep. I mean, there was a lot of screaming that happened. I'm trying to remember every point that I screamed. Definitely. The bleach quote was a big oh one. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah we're going to play that before we close it out. Our favorite line. <laughs> we were like, what's our favorite line? We had the same exact line, which is Regina King's bleach quote, because that was I just think... brilliant. When she went into the the secret compartment behind her her headboard for the yes, gun. Yes, the gun is part I of the just, shotgun. Yeah. Like I said, I want secret compartments everywhere. I just reached yeah. to a wall. I'm like, oh, give me that gun. Give me that 45. I got it right now. That yeah, was fantastic. We're in, we were in the studio like, do you have like guns that pop out of the cabinet or the <laughs> I pictures? Wish. We I were wish. ready. I want to be that cool. Maybe under the table. <laughs> Next episode, we'll see. I think we can make it happen. A lot of Redford graffiti was spotted in this episode. Fuck Redford. I want Robert Redford to stream himself watching the series. Watching the series. Or just like... And wearing a, Do not a, like a hoodie that says fuck Redford. Yeah. In that same graffiti style we That'd saw. Be great. Get him on Twitter if he's not already. <laughs> Just trying to picture Robert Redford on Twitter. Oh my goodness. He's still alive, right? I'm not he's, sure. He's yes. Let me Google that. I don't know. I, <laughs> I like we're like tentatively. Like I feel like he's still alive, me. right? Like I hope he's so. Alive. He had some classics. He's, 
Okay. Robert Redford, is he alive? I loved him in the film Barefoot in New York. I just think it's such a sweet, charming film. I haven't seen that. With Jane Fonda. He is alive. He's 83 Yay! right now. Yay, Robert so good Redford. For Robert. Good for you. Very proud of him. I hope alive. you're staying healthy. Yeah, I hope Must you're thriving. Be. Well, this is something I didn't know I needed to know, but now I do know. Robert Redford is still alive. Fantastic. Great news. I mean, we had a lot of, um, I mean, he wasn't actually in the show, although he's an OG, but like Louis Gossett Jr. is in this damn show. Ooh. I would say magical Negro trope, but there's so many <laughs> magicals in this show that it's it's canceled itself out because, uh, I mean, the way he was sitting there at the end of the episode, you're like, bro, how did you... What's going on? Who put you there? Why do you have that note? Yeah, how'd you roll What's going on? Did you watch yeah. The Hanging? What's happening? Yeah. But I'm excited. Those are all the questions I have. Was the knot gone on his head? Because there was definitely a knot on his head when no. we first saw him. So I think the knot, if you look at the beginning scene where I think the kid who was taken out of the theater by the parents and then everyone else died, he had the kid. I think if you look at his head, he had a like a cut or maybe oh. that turned to a bump, but... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> this is important. It's, it's so important to know what happened on yeah. top of his head. But also the end part, subversions again, where you have massive subversions. Kind of a black man sitting there in the white police chief is lynched, where it's just right. powerful subversions here. Which Intense great writing, great. Even everything. when you mentioned where it wasn't actually a flag, but still the visuals of it, when we are done with the Tulsa flashback and we get this incredible origin story of who I assume is being played by by Louis Gossett Jr. The little boy who runs away with the girl. And we're like, who's the girl? Yeah. Where is she now? How old is she? Is she living a long time like this guy? Like, is that is, her, Does she have another nice child? Right? Is that her mom? Where, where are we going with <laughs> this origin story? Because that is a fantastic yeah. origin story. And actually, and I'm sure someone's going to be annoyed by this, but I have to do it. Because one of my favorite origin stories for you know, having additional relevance for your ethnic background and having it make sense is Magneto in X-Men, mm -hmm. where I just think it was brilliant to be like, here is this, you know, quote unquote villain origin story that starts in this really horrific point in time in history where people of his specific ethnic group were being degraded and in this horrible way. And okay, from here, from this point comes what is Magneto. And we don't really know what's up with this little boy. Mm -hmm. We don't know what he's been up to for the past potential hundred years. I don't know, but I'm excited to see where it goes. And more importantly, like we said, who's the girl? Who's the baby? Who was the baby? He pulled out the thing and wrapped in what looked to be an American flag, but wasn't exactly. But the symbolism was, yeah. it wasn't lost on me. Yeah, there were a lot of flags in the episode. Also, as Mandy is popping up, we all knew that was going to be <laughs> yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. Jeremy, you're not fooling us. Jeremy. Come on now. He was playing coy near Comic-Con, but people had suspicions then. And it looks like we were all correct. Yeah, we saw the mask in the background. Yeah. On the second watch, I finally saw that. We did. And then the android and, um, the people giving horseshoes for cake oh cuttings. My. And should we talk about his friends? Since he don't got no friends, but uh, yeah, the robot. The faulty androids. The fa like your faulty uh, <laughs> your faulty tablet. I know. Oh, are they related? Oh, my God. They, sh they probably are. <laughs> they both need firmware updates. And oh, my goodness, the horseshoe. I just I'm just trying to figure out what where the algorithm goes wrong that that even seems viable to cut a cake with yeah. a horseshoe because you just sort of feel like common sense would be like something sharp or at least thin, thin, yeah. like a tapered point. And so for that creature to be like, here's the horseshoe to yeah. eat the honeycomb and the cake, you're like, oh dear, what's, what's, what got scrambled <laughs> in the arrangement of these things, but maybe they're, they're also there for humor. I don't know. What are your thoughts on the the wild servants of his house. Yeah, it's very weird. Um, 
they're going to be actors, apparently, in oh, his, right. his plays, five-part right. play. So I think he's going to do like five events throughout the show. Okay. Just killing people. Like, you already killed millions <laughs> of people in New York. Right. He's like, let me just kill more. And that leg massage thing, we thought it was definitely not a leg yeah, massage. Yeah, I was like, what is happening like, on the screen? I thought she came up from giving him a blowjob. I gasped. Sure. like, what? And I was like, girl, what? I mean, Wipe Game your... of Thrones? What happened? Do you need a napkin? Are you okay? She was like, are you all right? Are you in distress? <laughs> She's like, don't worry, blood isn't actually pumping through me. I'm not real. <laughs> I just have a real this touch. Poor woman. Oh my God. <laughs> Rescue her. Help. And even worse was how uninterested he looked. Do you know what I'm saying? I was just like, what was he eating? Or I forgot what he's doing. <laughs> Like, why is this so normalized for you? Why aren't you reacting to what she's doing? Oh, okay, she's rubbing your leg. I guess. Oh, have you I seen guess. on The Favorite? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's like oh. that leg part where I'm like having flashbacks to The Favorite. But she's an android. That's a good fit. That's, oh. that's good. So what are some of our favorite scenes? If you had to say your three most shocking scenes from this episode, what would you choose? Three. I think my favorite one was the fight at the kind of the hideout. Oh, yeah. And we just saw it was really gross how the cows just got destroyed by the gunshots. Oh, my God. See, I I had repressed that memory. I'm sorry. And I was back. brought it back. And now it's back. And, you know, hey, shout to the Real World Effects crew working on HBO's Watchmen because I know you guys had a gay old time with with those cowbits. cow brains. Blowing up the cowbits. Yeah. Whoever was off screen, like, (laughs) pushing the button. (laughs) Um, I'm sure you had fun. We we didn't. We were traumatized. Yeah. We were like, did we need this? And, and you said, you said, yeah, you were like, don't, don't, don't get these cows, the cows get innocent shot. bystanders. They're, innocent. They're just grazing. They don't deserve this. They're minding their own business. They do. And every last one of them ended up dead. Yeah. I think some got away. Which is good. That's optimistic of you. I feel mm, like cows yeah. don't move fast enough. Yeah. To not, not hustling. <laughs> yeah. You really got to hustle yet. Wait, and man. everything's wasted. As we said, can't use no leather. No leather. No can't hamburgers. Make food with that. No burgers. No, nothing. No, nothing. It's just a, a waste. And also think about what and that feels. Yeah. What's it going to smell like? Like no one thinks about these practical things, but think about the smell. That's a very good Think point. about the cleanup. I didn't think of that. Who's going to do it? No what, one. What poor asshole is like, oh, this is my job today. Cow bits. Fantastic. You hate to see it, honestly. <laughs> you do hate to see it. Two more. Um, let's see. What? Okay, you go now. What was your your biggest um, scene? My biggest. Oh no, yeah. I was gonna say my 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 favorite petty scene was her oh, yeah, child her child in class when she was talking about being a having a bakery and then she got lost in reverie about what it was like to be shot and have <laughs> your insides ripped open and oh what was the word I actually wrote it down that was a slur redforations wait redfordations i think it was and so now that i'm thinking about it robert redford see robert so redford deserves better. they've not explained what this is but the child said it like it was a slur like it was racist and mm. then you know, the little boy that was evidently her child attacked him. And so I just like the fact that he protected his mother and his reputation because that's totally something I would do regardless of the consequences. But then I was also curious, like, what is that? What is it? Is it like reparations has to be? And who do they give it to? Because why is this a talking point for obnoxious children It sounded like the police got it because she said she retired, but she obviously came back later. Right. So it's got to be something. I mean, that's what we were speculating, that it's something tied specifically to the police force. Perhaps with this, uh, was it the white knight? She hinted at, um, oh, was yeah. that the term? Was... The tragedy. We don't know what that is. I always thought it was when, at the end of the book, where the screw was teleported in. But I don't know if that's a different event. Right. It's a... to. <sighs> I don't know either. 
which is why we'll be having like two parts of this podcast, guys, which is like our initial first reactions, which is what this is, the same night that the show comes out. And then we're going to ponder and think and stuff and think about all the Easter eggs because there were many. Like, there were so many. Eggs. I would stop every five minutes like, oh, look at that. Redford was in the book. This person was in the book as well. Yeah, because that's every, Metropolis. That's right. Metropolis. Every frame in the show you can tell is very deliberate, intensely stylized, which I love. Because one thing they do effectively in this first episode is set up the world and the mood and the environment. And as impressive as I would say, like you know, the best Batman movie, which is a Gotham. What is it that makes this city? What is the vibe? What is the aesthetic? What is the color palette? And we get all of that really specifically in this mm -hmm. first episode where by the time it's done you're in the world you're like okay redford is a thing nixon wasn't a thing in the way that it was and here's all these ripple effects of what's actually happening here they're falling squids <laughs> that disintegrate yeah See, that that's is weird they, they didn't just fall from the sky space squid bits they turn <laughs> into jelly that then evaporates and i'm concerned about people breathing in what is evaporating? Like, I'm like, what are the effects of breathing in the jellies? Yeah, imagine getting stuck in a squid storm. No. Just awful. No. Because um, I think that's just trauma, actually, for me. <laughs> and I'm not... Because it'd be slimy, too. Just those kind of textures, it doesn't work for me. Yeah. It looks like that squid turned into the stuff that's under a snail. Oh, And I'm already... imagery. I'm having a night terror while awake, just thinking wow. of that being on my skin. So... No. Okay, no. so you gave me a tear of the squids and I gave you one of the cows. So we're we're even, <laughs> we're even. right now. We're totally fucking even. Okay, so yeah. And think in that concept of what you said, reparations for just cops. That's something that could be incendiary for citizens for a number of reasons, despite the fact that it might have been warranted, yeah. given what she is describing as is what happened. And clearly the sentiment against the police has not gotten much better. If that child was in class with all that smoke yeah. for a former cop, is that just not your privilege, young boy, young man? It's because we're really you doing? lunch hour. Go to recess. Like she could, she could totally fucking just murk you. She could body you. She could murk right you after here. class, yeah. and no one will find your body. <laughs> but you're out here asking about red for red for rations. That's gonna be hard for me to say because every time I'm like red for rations. That's why I avoid red for Yeah, I'm just gonna let you say it until we actually know what it is. Someone's listening right now. Like that's not how you say it. Well, I tried. Listener, We're I sorry. really did. We're sorry. This show just happened. God. I love that we got answers for why the dude was in red because we were totally screaming in the cow field. Why are you in red, bro? Yeah, like, like, this is stupid. You. Yeah, you're like, so visible. Oh, he's Russian. Oh, that's clever. I don't know how we did that because he was talking in the scene with all the police in the same room mm -hmm. in a Russian accent. And then like, we just didn't totally ignore that. Click. Yeah, yeah, we just, it was, there was a lot to look at. That's what happens when you first watch a thing. There's a lot happening and then you watch it again. And technically we've only seen it twice at this point. So invariably when we watch it again, we'll be like, oh, and that other thing. And then we'll tell you guys what we found out because that's yeah. what we're going to do on this podcast. We've also been screaming through the episode. The like entire time. Minutes of screaming. Like, minutes. Go Regina or oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Guttural screams were definitely had when she had her first fight scene because that was good. I mean, that, I... Yeah. I just enjoy fight scenes with women because there's not enough of them, but especially when it's not, I don't know, hokey, but like it mm -hmm. feels real and it felt real. You know, she took a couple hits, a couple hits to the body, a couple hits to the ribs, but she got hers in. She got her licks in. Yeah. And it was believable. And I was like, okay, stunt coordinator. <laughs> Thanks. I because... wonder if Regina did her own stunts. Ooh, that's that actually super cool. I'm like trying to do a quick Google. Did Regina King do her own stunts? I'm All right, sure. so I have a quote here. 
And this is from um, an article entitled Regina King Finds Strength in Watchmen Character. So the series is produced by Damon Lindelof of The Leftovers, also on HBO. I'm just going to imagine she did do her own stunts because I feel like Regina could do that. So they're talking about her costuming and there were a few changes to the costume before filming started. But the one thing that remained consistent was the mask. King felt a sense of power when she put on the costume that she used to bring the character to life. That was all King needed to be ready for the series, which is heavy on action scenes and stresses that she tries to stay fit all the time. King was happy the show's stunt coordinator, Justin Reimer, who was also the stunt coordinator on The Leftovers. He already knew King's strengths, and that helped her do as many of her own stunts as possible. So, uh, not all of her own stunts, but as many as she could legally, probably, without the insurance company yeah. being like, oh, hell no, bitch. <laughs> no, oh, hell no. Take her you out. have an take her What's out. wrong with you? <laughs> um, and you have a quote here where she says, I'm very particular when it comes to stunt doubles. I hate to see something where you're like, that's a double. Okay, so clearly she's like, I don't want to look like it's not me. And so at any point in time that she was able to do what she did. So, yeah, great. We don't know specifically about the specific scene, but for now, I'm going to go with yes. Yeah, we I get information that says no. too intense yes. happened this episode. Right, so she could have totally handled she, that. Yeah, right, yeah, she probably did all of it. Yeah. Well, that's fun. I'm glad she's having fun on set doing the stunts. And that just makes it even cooler. Oh, my God. You know, it just randomly came into my mind. That what? child holding the dead child <gasps> in the Tulsa oh riots. And I was like, what was an like, image. This is, this is horrible. Too much. Such a striking it's, image, yeah. but a horrible image yeah, at the so, same time. So sad. Incredible. But that kid was really cute. The, the kid was, was adorable. Like, Shout out to all the babies. Cutie pie. To all the babies They're who had so their little cute. debut on HBO. His little part. I'm like, oh my God. I know. You're precious. You're doing great, sweeties. Yes. Wherever you are, you're doing fantastic. <laughs> yes. Oh, we definitely also got to shout out Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, who are doing the soundtracking um, for yes. this show because it was on point. The music definitely put us in to the mood. I mean, we knew in the final minutes, as soon as that sort of track started playing and we saw the, the sheriff making his way out, we were like, he's done. Yeah, like something's like, about oh, to happen sorry, that's honey. ominous. It's And it's being built up inside of me. Like the tension mm-hmm. keeps increasing. And then by the time we get to his tires being blown out, you're just like, yeah, boy, it's yeah, Why'd sorry. you get out your car? You have to know that this never happens to you, yeah. that your tire just never blows out like this. Why didn't you bring your police with you? They offered to come. They did. And he yeah. was there cracking jokes. And so it stands, I don't know. I don't know what we might get from this plot reveal of why he was taken out, why him at that time versus someone else. And what is the overall plan? Because we know HBO is not necessarily planning for a second season right off the bat. So, but uh, like we said, I know, like, wait, Big wait, Little Lies, that was so, supposed to be limited. This episode was so good that, I, fuck that. Yeah, that. we have five seasons. Get your shit together, yeah. HBO. We want more. But hopefully that means that whatever is the arc here that it gets to its completion by the time we're done. And we have some questions like about these damn squids and what? <laughs> I don't need to know about the police. I need to know about the squids. I just need to know why it's raining squids and why people are like rolling their eyes like, not again. Like, oh. like when you get to the point in your life that it's raining squids that disintegrate, that you're just like, whatever, it's three o'clock. No, no. We, <laughs> something has gone wrong yes. on planet Earth because that's not normal. And what about the ocean? What happens there? Do the quids they yeah. fall in there? Does it affect the ecosystem? I need answers. I wasn't thinking of that, but now I am. So I always ask too many questions. Issue. So that's going to be an ongoing. The need to know. Yeah, it is. I'm just like, what's happening to the environment? <laughs> is anyone protesting the squids? <laughs> you know, there's got to be someone protesting yeah, the someone. squids. There's always someone. So there's got to be someone. Also, we should mention that the director for this pilot episode was Nicole Cassell, who is a woman, and she did a fantastic job. She did. She put her foot in it, and we appreciate it. Another great thing about the episode is that it was paced very well. Like, it was very yeah. fast-paced and that there was no time to catch your breath. Well, like, 
brief minutes, but every shot yeah. seemed necessary. Yeah. All the dialogue was necessary. And if you missed a line and you heard it on the rewatch, you were like, that was totally necessary. Okay. Yeah. Everything here is deliberate. And I love when shows don't waste time. They don't waste your time. And they're not wasting their own time. They're like, every yeah. single minute we have in this is something that moves the story further to where it needs to go. And I just appreciate all of that. As well as Regina King getting her back blown out <laughs> in the final act of this episode. I was like, girl, you got to get going. Police <laughs> chief is dying right now. I show, He was dying. She was trying to get her O. Because the, <laughs> the show, or rather, she, what did the phone ring? At least three or four times. Before she was like, God damn it. <laughs> Every single time I'm on the precipice, here comes this phone call again. And then, of course, it's something horrible like, yeah, like your, your surrogate daddy or potential actual daddy. We don't know what's happening yeah, here. Yeah, who knows? Um, is dead. But maybe had he done less coke, he would have been more prepared. Yeah, also came out with coke on his mustache. On his face. With the kids. With Everyone's the children. Like, we can see this. Like, why <laughs> did you go around the corner to do your coke? If you're going to be messy. And right. Come do it at the around. dinner table. Yeah, honestly, everyone knows Do it knows at the dinner table. Point. Open honesty is what we need. And no one seemed to care. There's like, oh, like a little Coke. It's like, oh, a little, like a little, <laughs> you little food in your face. That same kind of tone. And the way she says it, like, oh, just a little, just a, I was like, like, I know you were doing cocaine, but you know, I just want to say it's a yeah, little Yeah, just messy. like, you know, it's, it's fine. It doesn't matter. It's not classy. Me. It's not for the table. Unbelievable. And uh, what's the actor? Yaya Abdul-Mateen. Who is she in? Oh, no, that's... <laughs> hey! Oh, so he's the one from Aquaman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they were Sorry, like... Sorry, he's playing Angela's I know husband. him from like, these really good movies, and I'm like, oh, it's a dude from Aquaman, right? Yeah, Which I'm exactly. Obviously unrefined. You know what? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so him, yes, Yaya, he plays the husband, and we got to see his cheeks, and I say, more equal opportunity cheek exposure. For yeah. the uh, the viewing audience, because more men need to put in their nudity times <laughs> to even out the patriarchy and what's happened with all the women. So I was I was happy to see that it was a sex scene mm-hmm. because Lord knows we don't get enough of those black women, period. And it looked like she was having a lot of fun and equal opportunity nudity in terms of we didn't have to see her. We didn't need to see her naked. And I'm yeah. glad we didn't see that. But like the realistic of he's naked. Here's his butt cheeks. Boom. I like it. Like the opposite of Game of Thrones. In that <laughs> the respect. literal opposite yeah. of Game of Thrones where you could just see boobs in the corner and you're like, why are those boobs there? Why are we Do always they need in to the be brothel? in that corner frame? We're always in the brothel. You know, like, where's Waldo? But like, where's the boob? That's Game of Thrones. <laughs> where's the Merkin? Find the Merkin. <laughs> There's one in the scene. You know there is. Yeah, yeah. Just, just find it. look hard enough. <sighs> oh, my gosh. And also how it looks like they were in, kind of in a church. I'm like, are you in a room? Also, where are the kids? Yeah. And I got to say, the aesthetic of Sister Night with that rosary. Yes. I'm just into it a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. You Which already is, have and one that's in your shopping cart, right? Itself. It's in my shopping cart. Mm-hmm. I already told you. I was like, next yes. cosplay idea. And I don't even cosplay like that. But instantly, I'm like, yeah, that's that's happening. Everything that I see right here. Yes. Yep. That's that's going to be at the next event. And so, yeah, I'm already shopping for my rosaries. Mm-hmm. I feel like I want to have one like what she wears, but also just like one that I can kind of use like an inchuck. I'm going to. It's going to be an invention. <laughs> it's going to be an invention okay. inspired by Sister Night. And since we're doing this podcast, Sister Night, um, it just it's all coming together in synergy. OK, here's a question. If you're going to cosplay someone from Watchmen, not Sister Night, the not series, Night. who would it be of someone we potentially saw in this episode? The Dirty Panda Cop? No, that was a little too messy for me. Um, who would I be? I don't know her name, but she was the officer with the chief in um, Night Owl's kind of machine. Right. And she, she had like the headband cool. and she had the lace she looks cool. mask. And it was just really, really rad. 
So I do that. I, I did like her aesthetics. That was very good. I'm still confused as to why Night Owl was struggling to follow the Cessna, unless that Cessna was a super special Cessna. Yeah, because I he just, I mean, maybe he didn't destroy Night Owl, but it crashed. It needs, it's going to be in the repair shop for a while. I don't think they're taking it out to the next mission. And so I just was like, wait a minute, what? Is it because it's old? Is it because it's like the equivalent of like the Cessna is like a 2019 Cessna and the Owl is 30 plus years old. So it's just not had any parts, you know, like the MTA yeah. actually. Like the MTA. Oh, MTA. The exactly. MTA versus the train system in Japan. There yes. we go. So that explains it. Parallels. We just solved our own problem that the Cessna was a modern plane and the Owl is vintage. But also the altitude they were at. I was thinking someone probably passed out at that point. Stop or... trying to bring science okay, into I'll this. Stop. Look at you we're with your science. We're not doing this today. Uh, we might do it another day because I'm also one of those people that's like, disbelief. what about the science? But no, you're right. I'm like the the altitude and the humans and oxygen and what we need. And I'm like, how was the night owl plane failing before? No, that's what ones. was confusing. I was like, how was the Cessna doing a better job? Yeah, that doesn't uh, make sense. But okay, maybe it's, that's why I said a special Cessna. Special invented Cessna. But also is night owl creating airplanes for the police now? Or did they take his original one? I'm not oh. sure how that... Because I kind of took it as it was manufactured, not necessarily the first one. Unless he's in the show somehow. Maybe he's in the police. I don't, I don't know. Because it's the end of the... <laughs> These are things we're going to have to figure out because so we don't questions. have definitive answers. Yeah, we just yeah. have a lot of questions, but like good questions about what's happening with this show because it's such a... It's the same world, but it's a different world, which I like because yeah. that makes things more unpredictable, which I prefer. Please don't let me be able to spot a plot three episodes away because that's annoying. So the fact that I'm, they've completely upended every preconceived notion I was essentially going to the show with, which I didn't have many, just except that Regina King was going to be amazing. And so I was right about that. But as for plot movements, I had no idea. And even when they released that trailer, I couldn't really tell what was going on. Yeah. We see like the scenes of all the war shacks and what's going on. But now we can, now it takes on other sinister proportions when you involve white supremacy and problematic dudes and what's going on you're like hmm so hbo you're gonna have me out here rooting for a whole police officer <laughs> that's cool yeah only hbo can do that the only police the only other police officer i've rooted for for a period of years would be olivia benson on svu because i like for her to punch the the rapist and the pedophiles but outside of that i don't but know olivia police. should have been suspended so many times absolutely and she's the only one with police brutality that I'm into because her police brutality like, is We against... love you, Olivia, but like, should you be doing that? At least she wasn't unstabler. Unstabler was the worst, where he epitomized all the cops who were just like, I'm just going to beat you down because I feel like it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's kind of like my background show. So I, I really never followed it, except like Olivia's really SVU? in a moment. Yeah. Oh, man. Just like random episodes SVU. here. But there. mostly because she, like you said, she should be suspended. Yeah. But and she's like, she's oh, like, well, noise. Olivia, it's fine. And other people are fired. I'm like, oh, okay, Olivia. It gives into my fantasy of like that maybe somewhere there is a woman like that on a police force without fucks to give who manhandles men who abuse people and just like punches them in the face. And, and has monologues. Like, right. And is using that privilege, that horrible privilege most police have for good. Like, hey, you're abusing me. Yeah, bitch. And you're a rapist. <laughs> Tell somebody. Tell somebody. See what happens. See if they believe you. You know what? No one's ever going to believe you. I'm a cop. <laughs> so I like that. Like these types of sentiments we're going to see with Regina King's character because, I mean, it's already started with the, um, the silent film where we're looking at this historical black man who was an enforcer of the law in a country where the law was often inhumane, <laughs> in particular for black people. And now you have this interesting juxtaposition of black people using the law 
to shut down bigots. I just, I just love it. You love to see it. I love to, to see, see it. it. Fucking love to see it. Also at the end with the Lori Blake introduction. Right. Yes. It's very interesting how she Hello, decided Lori. to take her actual father's right. name. I know. After the whole graphic novel, she's pissed at him, which understandably so. Trying to rape so. her mother. And you know, rape sometimes puts a damper on things. I don't mm. know if you've heard, but <laughs> <laughs> I did not no, know. Like, yeah, just a little spoiler alert. Yes. But that was incredibly intriguing. And the cast is just, I mean, they bring out the heavy hitters. We have Regina King, Jeremy Irons, Don Johnson. Well, it was nice knowing you, Don. Don, you were here for one episode. We hardly Rest knew you. Rest in peace. Tim Blake Nelson, who's playing the looking glass, which we haven't talked about the looking glass. But I, he's weird and creepy, but I like him. He was the one doing the interrogation. Oh, with, with the his silver metallic mask, mask. The metallic mask with the reflections that kind of contorted in there. And he was sort of figuring out whether people were lying. And evidently is like, I can see pupil dilations. I am a human lie detector test. And oh, you will I mean, never be able to base. Yeah. The hence the looking glass. He's a human lie detector. Oh, looking, he's like, okay. That didn't even, I don't know why that didn't come through for me. It's a great pun on Alice in Wonderland. So I just like it. I like that he was in there fucking people up. And I imagine it's an even better tactic because you can't see his eyes. And that's just got to be so disturbing. <laughs> Someone questioning you and you're like, I don't know what you're doing. I don't even know when you blink, bro. I'm just, I'm concerned. That's one of my fears. Have you ever played Superhot before on yes. VR? Like people without faces or things without faces is so scary to me. It's a waking Because you can't read nightmare. people. Yes. It is a waking. Nothing makes... If someone is just Play-Doh and there's no things happening on the thing, that's that's a horror show. Yeah, that's not it's... human. Even Mr. Potato has eyes and a lips. So I don't <laughs> understand why anyone would want to just be clay. Yeah, it's no. Not the life I want to live. No, not under any circumstances. <laughs> I don't think I should have to have nightmares in real life. But the cast is a bunch of heavyweights. A bunch of people who obviously have range and Two experience. Two Emmy winners. And, right. And so we're, I think we're in for a treat. I mean, we were screaming so much during this pilot episode about how surprised we were that it was so good, but I'm just, I'm super excited. One of the producers in the studio said that he thought the first episode was better than all of the boys. It was a hot so, take. I haven't seen the boys. But send your have... hate mail to gifted sounds at Gmail. Yeah, don't <laughs> direct it at us. Don't direct it at us. We, we didn't, didn't say, say this. It. We didn't say it. Word on the street. Word on the street. <laughs> Is that's what the opinion was. And so I don't know. Why are you being a snitch? I don't have an answer. <laughs> As shady, I'm being shady. I'm outing. I'm outing Lance. She's drinking water right now. Like imagine her drinking tea. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, I guess we could mention that um, Angela or Sister Knight. She was born in Vietnam, which is another one of those little Easter yes. eggs that we will go into more in our midweek bonus episode. <laughs> I didn't know we were calling it. Like, but yeah, so that'll be fun to just sort of highlight all the stuff that are definitely references from the graphic novel to create the world like the fact that she was born in Vietnam because, well, <laughs> things went down a little different. Yeah, now it's a state. War. Now it's a state. Yeah. Which, considering how we did Hawaii and Alaska, oh. it's within the realm of reason to have something be a state that is across oceans. But, you know, because that's that American bullshit that we, that we are on. It, it, Pacific it Islanders? No, American. <laughs> ancient polynesia no america <sighs> so that works and i just all that little stuff is fantastic i want to know why she's born in vietnam what her parents in the See, army this, this goes back or... to our weird thing of like who's the woman yes like, is she connected to that woman please let her be please because that is quite an origin story yeah gosh should we go to our favorite line yes we should yeah we, we gotta do, end with we this do. stuff all right how do you know he's seven? 
I got a nose for white supremacy and he smells like bleach. He smells like bleach, bitch! Bleach! <laughs> Great <sorry>. writing. <laughs> Who wrote this line? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Powerful. That's our ovation. I just, and the fact that she's saying that to a white dude and a sheriff while she, I can basically put it to see, look how she, she's like, bye, bitch. Excuse just me. Just walks out. Put him in the pot. Put him in the pot. <laughs> I love it because she's like, bye, bitch. I'm walking the fuck out. It's done. And she's the pod, we the know. Yeah. It's a torture pod. It's the pod where cops do what they want to your person. And I guess in this world, you deserve it. Yeah. This is like the better version of what D&D were trying to pitch at HBO with that Confederate that state nonsense. That was a nonsense. mess. It was, was a like, mess. In what universe would it that it, do well, first off? No, and also, how would that even... So you mean to tell me that you expect me to believe that people could be next to states, black people, free black people, and they're going to be tolerating slaved, enslaved black people, a state over. That's absurd. That's insanity. And so I just feel like, I mean, in a way, maybe this is a, like a slight, a small troll on D&D because it's totally reconstructing the past and really important events that have True. a lot to do with this, this nation's history and still doing it in a socially poignant way. That makes sense. Where When you look at the D&D thing, you're like, why? Except to make people mad and to have bigot porn. I don't understand why you're doing this. And maybe they'll bring that bullshit to Netflix. Uh, I feel not. Netflix would... Hopefully they Netflix hopefully feels like smart. more progressive movies. Yeah, but look at the comics Netflix has on there. So we, we'll see. Um, TBD. <laughs> like Ava DuVernay would be like, mm, no, Netflix, you're not doing this today. Actually, you're right. Hopefully that Ava quotient keeps that shit to the side. <laughs> because that, don't do that. Ava, save don't us. Save us, Ava. We need you, Ava. We need you. Well, on that note. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that's an excellent note to add on. Ava, be our guide. Yes, Ava. Lead us to the light. But yeah, we're super excited for this coming season it seems like it's gonna be fantastic and yeah keep a a lookout for our midweek episodes where we dive a little deeper into the specifics and particulars of the watchman and as it relates to the world created by alan moore yes it's gonna be a fun time it's gonna be super fun even more screaming <laughs> hopefully i don't know we'll see lots of screaming <laughs> so thank you for listening you guys yeah if you thank enjoy you this for episode, tuning in we appreciate you yeah good night Peace.